you for choosing to spend your afternoon here with us. I have got Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie Taylor. Do you know, before we go into you, Stephanie, for those who don't know, I'm Patricia Rogan Fable and I do a podcast. And it's a podcast show to help people maximise property values. It's called Maximising Property Values. Oopsie. Um, and it's on all the popular po platforms. I'm just going to pin a link to it right now. Oopsie, um, something's gone wrong um, and it won't pin. Um, it normally does, but it's not pinning right now. Anyway, um, so it's on all your popular um, podcast platforms. So you can go onto Apple, onto Amazon, onto Audible, onto Spotify, and it will be there. Um, it's called Maximising Property Values. Now, that, however, is normally a monologue where it's just me talking. But I've now started a guest series and I'm bringing some absolutely fantastic legend guests to come and talk to people who normally just listen to me talk. And I'm doing it via Clubhouse. So when this is all done, you will be able to listen back to this on Clubhouse wow. and also on the podcast platforms. Um, and today my guest is Stephanie Taylor, who is right next to me. And we are going to do a bit of a deep dive into Stephanie, as much as you can do a deep dive into a human being. Anyway, we're gonna try. So before we go into that, who is Stephanie? Now, Stephanie is an amazing lady and not just on the property side of things. She is warm, she is, she she involves other people in what she's doing. And she has this passion to, to get people to where they need to go. So anyway, Stephanie is a property investor. She's an inspirational person of the year. You will be telling us about that, Stephanie. She is a LCS certified coach. She's a speaker, she's an author, and she's a podcast host. So she also has her own podcast, which she runs with her sister, Nikki, and they call it Rent to Rent Success. And she also has a book, which is called Rent to Rent Success. And she has done an audible recording. So it's, a, it's, it's an audible book rent to rent success. So that is Stephanie. Welcome to Maximising Property Values, Stephanie. Welcome, welcome, welcome. But before we go into your property activities, can you please, now I've spoken about it before, I don't do it all the time because it doesn't always come up, but I spoke about a time when I was so broke that I was going to work and I could not afford to buy a Mars bar on the platform. I really, really wanted one that morning and I couldn't afford to buy it and it was 26p. Now, Stephanie, please tell us of a time when you were most broke, if you've ever been broke, and if you were, what that time looked like. Oh my gosh. Hi, Patricia. It's great to be here. I absolutely love your podcast. So it's great to be joining you today to be on it. And um, could I talk about a time when I've been broke? Well, I, I think most of my life was either broke or not quite having enough or always feeling like I was sort of running to catch up or running to stand still rather. But um, I suppose the time the time that I felt most broke in so many different ways is uh, is when I just had my son. I was just a couple of weeks before my nineteenth birthday, and I had I at the time I had gone back to a job that, that was a sort of a lower paid admin job, and I was dropping him off at nursery at six a.m. and then picking him up in the dark and then picking him up at uh, six p.m. Uh, and, you know, dashing to get there because with all the traffic from on the bus out of town and um, it, it started to feel like it wasn't really worth it because nearly all of the money I was making was being paid to the nursery, but the nursery didn't really feel like they were looking after him properly. And so I, I decided to look after him myself and go on benefits. And that felt so shameful. I, I don't know 
it it just felt so awful. And I would go to the post office every fortnight and collect £98.40. And then it was all, everything was cash in those days. And um, yeah, I would just have to watch the pennies for the week and, you know, put put actually, you know, pounds and pence aside, you know, this is my gas, this is my electric, this is my groceries. And the thing that I still can remember the most stress was actually going to the supermarket and um, shopping because they used to change not only the position, but the price of everything. And so uh, the worst thing I felt could happen would be for me to get to the till and not have enough um, because it just sort of encompassed my whole life, felt like I didn't have enough. And um, it, it just felt as if it was written on my forehead that, you know, I, I don't have enough. You know, this woman is not enough. And um, so, yeah, that, that's my time of, of, of not having enough and feeling, feeling broke. Do you know what, Stephanie? I think every single mother can actually relate to what you're saying. Because I remember before having children thinking, oh, yeah, I want that. And I'd go and I'd buy it. And it was absolutely fine. And then you have children. And then suddenly everything just becomes so expensive. And, and yeah, but thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that with us. That is just amazing. You see, when the guests come up, I love for them to kind of like show a side of themselves that people don't normally see, that people won't normally know about. So thank you very much for that. So at what age did you buy your first property? And was it to live in or was it for business or was it for yeah, so that was a bit of a struggle as well. That's actually something I haven't talked about a huge amount, Patricia. And um, so, as as we said, you know, I was struggling as a single mum. Eventually, I, I went to the Open University and then I went full time to university when Alex went to school. And I got a professional job, but a lot of them were part time jobs that I could match it up with picking Alex up from school and things like that. But um, Eventually, I had I had a full time job, um, a professional job, not hugely well paid, I have to say, but I had enough to make ends meet, and I had just decided, right, I'm I absolutely must buy my own place, and I was obsessed with it, and I started looking at properties. I lived in Edinburgh at the time, and I started looking at properties, and we lived in a nice rented property and I couldn't find anything. The, the only ones that I could afford were really ramshackle hovels. They would have been ones that investors nowadays we might look at, but at the, in those days, I wouldn't have had a clue how to refurbish something. And uh, so I, I, everything that I wanted, I couldn't afford. And everything that I could afford, I didn't want. <laughs> but I persisted with it, Patricia, I persisted because I was a bit obsessed with it. And I went to see my bank because I didn't know at that stage about mortgage brokers and other things. I thought your bank had to give you uh, the loan. So I went to my bank. Now, I, at the time, I'd banked with this bank for over 10 years. and But I think it's just the luck of the draw of who you get. So I got a very young woman. And for whatever reason, she just felt that I shouldn't be buying a house. Maybe she did that she maybe she hadn't bought a house. Maybe she was a bit older than me, I don't know. But whatever the reason, I was explaining my situation, which I could afford to buy a house at a certain level. And she was just telling me I couldn't afford it. What about if you need to refurbish it? What about this? What about that? You can only just afford it, blah, 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 blah. And she was really she was really quite sure of herself. And it was just lucky for me because normally I would pay attention to what she said over and above what I think. But as I said, I just had this idea, I must buy my own place, you know, for myself and, and Alex. And, uh, and so I persisted. And at that time, Northern Rock was still around. And um, they had an office on near where I live uh, in Edinburgh at the time. And so I went into Northern Rock and they agreed to give me a mortgage. And that was when I got um, my first flat. I was in my 30s. So I, I think it was the year 2000 and I want to say 2005 or 2006. It was around there. So we can, we can, we can work out how old you are now. <laughs> 
yeah, well, it was sort of a night slightly all over all over Instagram when I had a big birthday. So yeah, I just turned fifty um, in 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 August. Ooh, well, happy birthday in arrears. Oh, oh, lovely. Well, do you know what? The fifties is the new thirties. To be honest, <laughs> so, absolutely. Enjoy. <laughs> Um, right, so you bought that property and it was for you and Alex to live in. So yes. when did you start making money from property, you know, by way of a business? Yeah, well, that's the thing, Patricia. You can you can gather from the story that I'm such an unlikely business person, property person. Everything that other people seem to do at a very young age, you know, I, I was doing years later than everybody else in a much smaller way. And uh, so that's what makes me so evangelical almost about saying to people you know what you can do this absolutely it's all open to you and now that I'm on the inside of it and I see it's just as easy as being broke in fact in my opinion it's much easier being broke has its you know has its challenges it's not easy and being in business and having assets and having to decide how to invest them and what to do with them is also um, not easy so you asked me when so 2005-2006 I bought that first property to live in and 2017 we bought the first property within our business. I, I run the business with, with my sister but I started making money from property in, uh, you know, con consciously in 2016. Wow, wow, wow. Because, do you know, okay, so 2016 to where we are now, that is five years and you have grown that business and I know this I know this people in the room so much in that space of time do you know rent to rent success is growing amazingly well and fast and because it offers solutions to ambitious you know budding entrepreneurs it is just amazing so tell us more about it please tell us tell us how you started where you, how you've gone from you know 2016 to 2021 you know maybe some of the challenges maybe you know the worst thing and the best thing you know to share with us it will just be great and people in the room honestly at the end of this just before we kind of like before i close the room if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask stephanie that you'd like to share with everybody else so that they can also hear your question and her answer Towards the end, I will give an opportunity for people to actually raise their hands and come up. But for now, Stephanie is the star of this room right now. So Stephanie, please do tell us, you know, a five-year journey, amazing. Yeah, okay, great. Well, I'm gonna tell you how I got started, what's been the worst thing, what's been the best thing, and just sort of, should I paint a picture of where we are now? Oh, yeah. Or is that another oh, that question? You know what, whatever you're happy to share with us, we would love to know because we all just want to kind of like listen to you and you know what you do and how you do it so well. Do you know, you're, you're passionate about property and as you know, so am I. So whatever, you know, can help people in their journeys and advance their journeys will be great. And if you also mention, please, your free masterclass so that people can know about it. I have, you know, for people in the room, that I've pinned a link to Stephanie's uh, website, Stephanie and Nikki's website, and you can you can tap on it, you can go there, you can, you know, bookmark it so that, you know, in the future, you know where to go. But for now, Stephanie, please talk. Yeah, so Patricia, you've, uh, thank you. Basically, how we got started was, I found out there was this ways to make money from property. And remember, I'm sort of not thinking of myself as a business or property person, didn't have a huge amount of money either. And I was just working a normal nine to five. But I'd had a little change in my life. My mum had been ill and I just really wanted to make it work. And I started going to all these property events and of course there were loads of strategies which seemed to need, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds. But your minds have probably been blown as well when you see these um, strategies where you don't need a lot of money to get started and where it looked like ordinary people just like me who had a job were also making it work and making lots of money. 
And I can remember going along to one of these events and the, the guys had these properties on screen and they were saying like, oh, on this one, we make £70,000 over the five-year contract. On this one, we make 50000 On this one, we make 90000 My jaw was practically on the floor, Patricia. I nearly fell off my chair. I just, <laughs> I just couldn't believe what are these guys talking about? And normally, I would have just um, said, oh, well, it's not for me. All these, all these crazy people can do it. You know, they've got different skills than I have. But because I just uh, had this idea, and at the time, that time, I was 45, and I just thought, you know what, it's now or never. And I just thought, if these normal people can do it, um, maybe I can do it. And then I, I found out about Rent to Rent and I thought, oh, I can see a lot of people are not doing it very well, like they're not doing it very ethically, they're not doing a good job, they're not really looking after their tenants or their landlords. And I thought I could just add care to this and, you know, totally do it better than they are. So I thought, because I already knew I could manage at home, you know, having being a mum and so on, I thought basically this HMO management is just basically managing homes, managing properties, giving people somewhere nice to live. And yeah, so so basically for anybody who doesn't know the rent to rent strategy, I'll just talk about it very, very briefly. And basically it's a way to earn money as though you have your own buy to let property without needing the £50,000 or more that you need normally to buy a buy to let property. So what you do is you rent a property, usually for three to five years, you pay the owner or letting agent a guaranteed rent, and usually you take on paying the bills. Then you rent the property out to tenants for a higher rent than you're paying the owner. And the difference between the rent you receive from the tenants and the rent you pay to the owner or the agent after the property running costs is the profit you make for your business. And the amazing things about this strategy are that you don't need a lot of money to start up that you can be profitable within a few months. Most businesses are not profitable in the first year. That you've got that consistent recurring cash flow and that we've got the names and addresses of our perfect customers who are the HMO, the house share landlords, because we're normally renting the property out by the room, each one um, separate and people are sharing the kitchen and bathroom. So that's basically of how we got started is we set up a company called HMO Heaven and then we had the, I, I was so nervous about going in to ask uh, letting agents to let me their properties because I'd never done it before. And, um, and I, just, I just didn't see a reason why they would give it to me rather than, you know, a normal tenant or rather than somebody else. I'll take a pause there, Patricia, in case you wanted to come in with anything. Well, no, do you know, I'm just, I, I love listening to you, Stephanie. So please do, no, honestly, tell people, because okay. what you're saying is, is it's, it, it is inspiring. Yeah. Okay, so the next part was, um, what Patricia's just said is, it's inspiring. I think sometimes the, the part of my story about being on benefits and being a teenage mum, I actually never used to talk about it until really recently because I had so much shame about it. But what I've found is people can really relate because they think, well, if you were such a basket case and, you know, you can do it, then it does give people a bit, a bit of inspiration. So how we got started was we got started with that rent to rent strategy. We definitely would not have had the confidence to think we could either raise money to buy properties or have people lend us money to go into property or anything like that. Some people have that confidence right from the start and you can certainly raise money but for us it was a great way to start raising money and it gave us a lot of confidence um what we were what was the worst thing about um about it was like the uncertainty um when you go to your job you feel like it's very definite even though it's not because i was a contractor in financial services so that means at the end of any contract you know that could be the last one or even if you're in a permanent job you could go to work one day and find that you've been made redundant or whatever. You know, lots of people have had that experience in the lockdown, but it feels very certain. And when you start in business or when you go out on your own in any capacity, suddenly everything is on you and it feels very uncertain. So 
when we first started, there was uncertainty going into letting agents, asking them to give the properties and having like, you could really feel it in your belly or I could really feel it in my belly. I was really nervous about asking and it took a lot of, it took a lot of bravery and courage, but I, I had more courage than I would usually have because I, I knew that this was my time. I didn't want to go back to what I've been doing before. I, I just felt like I have to make this work. And I had the example that I could see that other people had made this work. And if they could make it work, I could, I could, I could make it work. It was definitely possible. So that, that was the, that was the worst thing. And it kept coming back. That uncertainty kept coming back. Like, well, before we got the properties, we were uncertain. Would anybody give us a property? Um, when we got the first two properties, I was uncertain. Oh my God, what about if we've now spent all this money on refurbishing them and we can't fill them? So every additional stage of the process, we had new waves of uncertainty and fear mixed in. But of course, that was offset by the joy of it all working out. And the exact same things, like the fear and uncertainty make you doubt yourself. But then when, when it does work and you do get the tenants and you can see the money coming into the bank and you can see the landlords are delighted, you can see that other people are answering the, your letters and you're able to point to, you know, these first two properties, these happy landlords. And it just starts like a little snowball. It gathers up speed and suddenly, oh, not suddenly, but we became well known in our, in our local area for being, you know, the best in HMO the best in HMO management in Newport in South Wales, which is where we're based. And it just went on from there, Patricia, that people started to ask us, well, how are you doing it? What do you do? How do you um, do the properties? How do you negotiate with the landlords? How do you get the properties? And gradually I started uh, very shyly <laughs> uh, just doing these little videos um, to explain to people and that was really the seeds of where rent to rent success came out of was just that I was so when I first heard about it I thought it's got to be a scam surely this is too simple if this was really a thing I thought to myself then everybody would be doing it because imagine how could you make money off properties that you don't own and in fact make more money than if you own them in some cases because we we were making between 500 and over a thousand pounds a month on each property. So I'll, I'll wrap this up with a bow just by saying that what, you know, our first few properties and everything that we learned as we, as we got set up, we've got in the rent to rent masterclass that Patricia mentioned, it's a 90 minute free training, which tells you all about rent to rent. And if you do think it could be something for you, it's a great way to get started. And it's at renttorentsuccess.com. Do you know, I will put, I will put um, your link back up, but I suddenly found the podcast link. So, you know, for people in the room, if you want to listen back on what Stephanie's been saying, because she has said amazing things. Do you know, every single human being, well, well, most human beings, suffer from self-doubt can we do this are we good enough and it takes experience it takes you know sometimes falling down and getting back up and realizing that oh do you know what i actually fell down and here i am back up so it doesn't actually matter if i fall down i just need to pick myself back up again it takes some of those things to actually get us to believe in ourselves and to get the confidence sometimes that we need but we're all on different tra trajectories we're all on different journeys all that really really matters i think is that we start if that is what we're interested in if that's what we want if that's not what we want we don't have to just because other people are doing it, it doesn't mean that we should be doing it as well we have to do what we want to do for us if we want to make money from property here is a way that you can and as stephanie said you can do it without very much money because you don't need to own the property and she's offering a free masterclass. so i'm going to change the link again so that we've got stephanie's um link but this 
podcast will be I'll be publishing this next week Wednesday so a week from today it's going to go onto all the platforms so do look out for it I'll, I'll post it on Instagram as well to let you know that it's it's gone live um, and then there'll be the replay on Clubhouse so honestly Stephanie thank you so so much now I do have a question for you which has been posted to the back channel, which I think you have kind of like, you know, dealt with in the main, but I will ask it because people are here. You know, they've they've chosen to spend their time with us. And honestly, people in the room, I really do appreciate you coming. And, you know, thank you so much, Stephanie, for being here. Um, and the question is this, how hard was the first one, the very, very first one, and what did you actually say to the agents? So it's two questions in one. Uh, yeah, well, uh, everything feels hard at the beginning, doesn't it, Patricia? Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> the first time you, you, you're doing something, I think we all have this thirst to know what's the right way to do it, how's the right way, am I doing it the right way? Um, so what was hard about it was just that doing everything for the first time, trying to work out what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. And what did I say to the agent? Well, that first day, um, I was working in Bristol at the time and these properties were in Newport in Wales, so it's about an hour away. And I think I had... Yeah, I'd taken the train. I'd taken the train from Bristol to uh, Newport. And I had gone on a viewing with a letting agent. And it hadn't gone well because I just said the wrong thing. And obviously letting agents want to let out properties. And I said something to the effect of I was going to let out the properties. Anyway, that was a blunder. And the sort of the temperature went to freezing and uh, she just dropped me off and she never answered any of my telephone calls or emails ever again but <laughs> i learned a lesson that day obviously one of the most important cardinal uh, rules is you've always got to give people what they want they only want to work with you if they're getting what they want if they're not getting what they want in terms of business anyway they're not going to work with you uh so i was left feeling uncertain and it's sort of uh, disappointed and just not feeling very good about myself and where where I'd been dropped off it was right opposite the train station but it was also opposite where all of the letting agencies are so her letting agency was right near all the other letting agencies so I just said to myself okay so you're not in Newport every day you're in Newport now you should go into some of these other letting agencies and that just felt like a 10 foot wall to climb over because the way I was feeling, even if I'd been feeling good, it would have been a challenge to go into a letting agency and ask them if they want to rent me a property. Um, but I, I just stood there outside thinking, oh, what if I go in and it doesn't go well? And then I just realized, oh, well, what if I go in and it doesn't go well? That's okay, I've not actually lost anything. I don't have a property now and I won't have a property then, but I will have had some experience of asking. So I sort of coached myself and I went in and I was so nervous. When I'm, I'm nervous, my voice comes out really high, really high pitched. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, when you have this out of body experience and I sort of heard myself asking and I just said something really simple like, have you got any HMOs? And she said, you know, she sort of gave me the knowing look and a bit of eye roll and said, yeah, but we don't do anything like that. And I talked to her a little bit more about it. I said, we were looking for long-term rentals and we could offer guaranteed rent. And she said, oh no, she said, my head office wouldn't, wouldn't go for it. And uh, it was part of a big chain, you see. And so that that again had scared me about going in because um they do say it's better to go to small independent letting agents where it's basically business owners who might be more open to the opportunity so i just said um what did i say i just said oh i was inspired because this just came out of nowhere just came to me when she said that i said have you got any introduction only landlords these are landlords where 
the letting agent is only introducing a tenant to the landlord and they're not going to manage the property ongoing. The landlord's just going to pay a fee for that service. And I thought, I said to her, you could test this out with your introduction only because then it's up to the landlord whether they're happy with us or not. And then once you've seen what we can do, you may want to work with us on, um, on the commission basis where with their fully managed landlords where they're, they're managing the property and collecting the rent for the landlords and we would just be as a replacement tenant. So that was the start of it, Patricia, and there were two properties. So we ended up getting two properties in our very first deal. Wow. Wow. But do you know what, though, Stephanie? One thing that I'm going to say about you is that you have a business head. And, you know, you say you were inspired. You see, when people have, um, when people are blessed, <laughs> they will always be inspired. And I just love what you said. It's just amazing. And I just think, oh, Stephanie, you know, you, you, you started out by buying and then you thought about, you know, HMO heaven and, oh, uh, Stephanie, and, I just honestly, I'm speechless. And as you probably know, Stephanie, I'm very rarely speechless, but I, I, I just love that. So that's how you started. Take us now to where you are today and how that's gone. And don't forget to talk about the block of flats. I really want to hear about that in detail. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, um, let me just, uh, we we sometimes when i recap on it because as you say patricia it is quite a short period of time and you know in in property we talk about mindset a lot and i was basically when i first came into it i was very skeptical about mindset i thought of course all the people who've got all the talents all the skills and all the money would say it's all about mindset but i i did not really believe that for a moment but what i've found since we started in property is mindset is so important and really we've developed our mindset so much and the results that have come up in our life have been incredible so we started off we were just renting other people's properties doing them managing them with care doing them up with care and getting great results for people including ourselves so we were making great cash flow on the properties that we were managing and also the landlords were really delighted because we weren't calling them every five minutes and we were paying their rent every month so that that was it started and then that that business is called hmo heaven as i said and what we did was we were doing all the work to start off with so i was like those first two properties we had nine tenants i did all the asts i did all the onboarding i did everything but what i decided at that point was to take on a va uh, to ask nikki to write down the process make templates of all the messages that i sent during that process and so therefore a, a VA could do that right from the beginning when we only had two properties. Uh, she took on and did all of the online stuff. So that freed me up. I was then just doing the stuff at the properties and I was mainly looking after the tenants and looking after the landlords. And Nikki was doing all of the sort of back office processes, operations, accounts. And at the time she was still living in London and commuting to, um, commuting to Newport. From there, our next step was to, we were trying to employ a member of staff part-time, but that just wouldn't work because we want somebody where we want them. And obviously if somebody's working with you part-time, they're not always available or they or freelance. So in the end, we ended up um, employing somebody full-time, but it was more affordable because it was an apprentice. And Luke joined us and the team, I think it's now three years ago, over three years ago. And it was his first job when he was 18. And he's just become brilliant at what he does. And the system that we have is what we've trained him in. So he knows now more than I do about how to manage the properties to our system. And the way he's doing it, I'm so proud of because he um we we get some um, reviews on the on the hmo heaven i see you've pinned that to the top hmoheaven.co.uk but when you google hmo heaven you get all the google reviews and mainly from housemates and as any of you who've got letting agency businesses will know 
you often when people give you a review on a letting agency business it's if they're not happy and not if they're happy and so we have lots of happy customers in HMO heaven and uh, leaving the reviews so we're still growing that business people ask us that are we still growing that business yes yes we are but in addition to that I'll go on to the other aspects of our business so we've got HMO heaven then we've got our property management business and then we started buying properties this was so exciting and um, the properties that we, we started buying, the first one was in 2017, as I mentioned earlier. And actually, it was a commercial property. A lot of people are talking now about commercial properties and the, the advantage to having a commercial property. And um, at the time, we didn't know so much about it. But this commercial property, it was in a, in a, um, in a residential area. And we had the idea that we could turn it into four self-contained flats. And, uh, sorry, no, we had the idea. We could turn it into an eight-bed HMO. That's what we had the idea. But our architect had the idea it could turn into four self-contained flats. And that was, that was so good that he saw that because actually the income, uh, the rental income was similar and the cash flow was I think it was slightly more on the four flats because the costs are lower of running um, a building that's four flats when you don't have utilities and so on. So we we had the commercial tenants in place and we um, they were paying the rent and doing all the repairs and everything because it's a full repairing and insuring lease. And then once we had the planning, we went back to them in March of this year and they, they wanted to move out as well. So we mutually agreed to end the lease early and they moved on and we've been doing that development. So that development is just coming to an end now, um, much, late, much later than anticipated due to all sorts of delays and COVID and builders and utility companies and all sorts of things that have gone wrong on the way. But it, it, that's, that's been a fabulous development that when we bought it, it was just under 150,000. And the lender is saying, we'll see, we'll see what happens when we actually come to it. But the lender is saying that post the development now, it'll be worth 500,000. So it's, it's a really big, it's a, yeah, it's a big uplift. And you know, Patricia, that in your first five years, that's really when you're putting your foundations in place. And the real growth happens in the next five years and the five years after that and the five years after that. Suddenly you're standing there in 20 years and everyone's saying, oh, it was easy for you. You were so lucky um, because that's just that's just how it how it goes. But to, to summarize where we are now that I've talked a bit more in detail about the first one, but we went on to buy other properties. One of them is a, a 12 unit property. Um, the lenders call it multi-unit blocks. We call it, you and I call it blocks of flats. And, um, but we're talking about converted buildings. So buildings that have been converted into blocks of flats, i.e. some of them we bought when they were already converted, like the 12-unit block, and other ones we bought that weren't converted, like the commercial property where we converted it into flats. And we, we have another one where it was already partially converted into four flats and we completed the, the conversion. So our portfolio is now 28 rental units. And we're, we, what we're looking to do next year is to do it again, but just find somewhere which it, one, one development, either a commercial building to, building to convert or um, some buildings already converted into flats and just have one project that's over 20 units because that way we're almost doubling our portfolio in, in one. And I think after that, we really want to go on to do 50 plus units. And, you know, we, we want to end up with hundreds of units because our end game regarding the properties that we own is to have um, an educational an accommodation and educational trust to provide beautiful, affordable affordable homes for people who normally struggle to get them. Like, you know, when I was in my situation on benefits, you know, the most lovely, but yet still affordable homes don't come to people like me. And 
we're, we're now in a position to change that, not only during our lifetimes, but way after we've gone, because with property, you can leave it in trust, and it can be here hundreds of years, you know, after afterwards, just like the properties themselves. So that, that's what adds extra fire to my belly now, because now I have more than enough. I have more than enough money. I have more than enough um, fulfillment. I have more than enough of all the things that I want in my life. And so why would I carry on? I carry on because I know that all of the work and energy in, um, that we put in, it, it will live on beyond us. So uh, that's a picture of where we are now, uh, Patricia, on the property front. And uh, I, I think in another point, we'll, we can go on to more about the, the rent to rent success. Oh, my goodness. Stephanie, wow. The trust. Oh, I, I know. Kudos. That is that is just such an amazing thing to leave and to, to even be thinking about, to be planning and to want to do because like you say you're quite satisfied right now why go on and do more oh that is that is just so great that is amazing but do you know again you know hats off to you all those units honestly they would give me hives as you were talking about them and the numbers i'm thinking oh my gosh oh. <laughs> far too many 20 times you know the problems that you normally have in you know just the one unit or 50 times the problems but you know, this is why property is so amazing because we can come into it with like you know being different wanting different things from it and still come out the other end completely satisfied and with very good returns Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, and, you know, do keep me posted on this um, trust. Because um, that just sounds really, really good. It, yeah, really, really good. Should I tell you where it came from, Patricia? Because oh, yeah. I may not have had the idea, but when you've been in the mindset of never having enough money, it's mind-boggling to go into a mindset of, not, not having too much, but certainly having to give consideration to what we're going to do with the profits from this business, how we're going to use these profits uh, cost effectively, tax effectively. Tax is one of our biggest costs, because if you think, um, you know, 40% and up is, you know, is tax. So you really have to think strategically about how to manage your businesses, how to organize your businesses, and how to leave your assets in trust to anybody you want to leave your assets in trust to when you're no longer here. And for us, that came into stark focus because I have one son, Alex, I mentioned earlier. My sister has no children. We run the businesses together. And so I just started thinking about what do I want to leave and for whom? And the greatest gift out of all of this, Patricia, is when I was bringing Alex up and I told you the circumstances to start off with £98.40 a week, um, you know, that doesn't leave a lot of money for luxury, enjoyment, and also the emotional mindset that I had, it wasn't the best. And so... I can't help but think that Alex missed out on certain aspects and that he would have otherwise had if I had been more set up or if I had known different things. But one of the greatest joys of my life is that since we've been doing this for the last five years, obviously we've been able to share that with him. He's very interested in the business and in what we're doing. And it's given him, you know, a focus. And he's, in the last five years, he's bought his own uh, flat saved up all the money himself. He was very um, determined about doing it without help. I'm trying to negotiate him out of that because I think everybody should get help and should be part of a team. And, you know, if you have that help there. But anyway, he wanted to do it himself. So he saved up the money. He paid for the deposit. He bought the flat. It's, it's, it's his own property to live in. 
But since then, he's now gone on. We're all doing it together, investing in stocks and shares, as well as we have, our, obviously, we've got our property investments. We also invest in stocks and shares because compound interest. And for him, as a young person, he will definitely, although million millionaire will mean a different thing there, become a millionaire. And, you know, depending on how much he invests, a multimillionaire, just by investing in, um, in, in funds, so low risk asset class. And once, you know, once he has further time and experience within funds as a low risk asset class, he may then go on to individual stocks and shares and, you know, other, other asset classes. But the joy of my life is that I know that through what we've shared with him now, he will be able to um, be totally financially free and secure within his lifetime and have whatever he wants to leave to his own family. So when I'm thinking about what to leave um, behind for him, I'm, I, it's not going to be a huge amount. Most of it is going to be left in trust to other people and he's going to be one of the trustees. But I just wanted to just explain how it, how it even came up that we were even thinking. Oh my goodness, thank you so much, Stephanie. Do you know, it, 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 I can't wait to meet you. Um, it, it just, it, 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 it seems like you know, our lives have so many parallels. Again, with me, people say, oh, Patricia, what are you going to do with your properties, you know, when you die or, you know, before you die, obviously, because I can't do anything with them once I'm dead. Um, and I just think, you know, I want to be able to leave it, 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 the property just enough. And you know, for not just, you know, my children, in fact, hardly any for them, but their children and possibly, you know, the great grandchildren. And for me, it's all about the education. Because um, I know so many people, people that I grew up with, who came from wealth, lots of money, and they did nothing with their lives. And seeing that, I thought, I don't want that for my descendants. I, I, I want them to be able to stand on their own two feet and to, 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 to work for what they have, but also giving them a helping hand so things like deposits, things like, um, you know, education of their children, because education is very expensive and getting even more expensive. I just, you know, my parents struggled to send me to a private school. And I just thought, well, if they could make that sacrifice, I wanted to do that for my children as well. And I say to my boys, you know, if you give your children a good education, this has nothing to do with rent to rent or Stephanie, but... But if you give somebody a good education, you owe them nothing more than that. And if you have anything extra to give to them, brilliantly. But education doesn't have to be paid for. It doesn't have to be in school. It can be. And it is actually, Stephanie, what you've, what you've done with Alex. He's seen you. He's seen, you know, he's been there when, you know, it, with the ups and the downs. And look, at, you know, from what you've just described, I am proud of him. I am so proud of him because it's not often that you will find young people, and I say young people, you know, probably most of the people in the room, you know, 30 years and under, who know exactly what they want and literally just go for it. So, oh, no, well done to you. So although you say, do you know what, you started out with, you know, £98 a week and you were, um, you know, a kind of like, um, um, single parent, you've done amazingly. So thank you. I, I, when I when I see, and I and I hear about stories like this, I just think that is amazing, amazing. And we all have a story to tell. But today is not the day for me to be telling mine because this is all about you, Stephanie. And oh, you have been amazing with you know the details that you shared, and your plans and what you're doing going forward because. I definitely, well, we are linked, we are connected. So I will be kind of like, you know, following all of this, but it's just amazing. But tell me, tell me, tell me, Stephanie, you, you are, you're based in Wales. Is there anything that can happen? So again, this is hypothetical. Is there anything that can happen that will make you leave Wales or 
are you completely entrenched there? <laughs> great, great question. But let me tell you, Patricia, you doubled my early, early um, income support money. Oh, it was sorry. £98.40 per fortnight, oh, per fortnight, not per week. <laughs> Mind you, mind you, it was a long time ago, <laughs> about 30 years. But um, but yeah, so w would anything get me out of Wales? Well, it's a, it's a bit of a story of how I came to be in Wales because I grew up in Birmingham. Uh, I, I, I can't say it without doing the accent. But, uh, but um, and then when uh, Alex was nine, we moved to Edinburgh. That, that was a bit of a... Uh, a long story, which I think we, we, I don't know if we've got time for now, but we moved to Edinburgh and Alex grew up in Edinburgh and we, it was just the most magical city. We, we had a lovely lives there and I'm so grateful to Edinburgh. But I, we lived in Edinburgh for 15 years and when Alex moved to Birmingham when he was 23, I thought, well, actually, I don't need to be in Edinburgh anymore. And I moved to Bristol and I was intending to stay in Bristol, you know, until whenever. And uh, so in 2015, I moved from Edinburgh to Bristol, uh, intending to settle there, was doing this job in financial services, living on the Bristol Harbour side, working at, in financial services at about walking distance from my flat, which I loved. Um, I love a flat with a balcony and, um, uh, and, and being on the water. But anyway, um, I then found property, Patricia, so property's to bl blame. And I had this idea and I heard about rent to rent and I thought, let's give this a try. I had that fire in my belly and I just thought, because I have the flexibility to be able to move anywhere right now, I'll move to Newport uh, for a few years and do it there. And I just had this feeling that Newport was going to be the place, that Newport was going to be the right place to do it and that everything was right and that it would really take off in Newport. And, um, and, and that's, that's proven to be right. So would I leave? <clears throat> I would, but I think, um, I think at the moment we, when we first came here, we said three to five years, we would, we would stay, I think, and we've now been here five years. So I think another three to five years, um, I, but I, I really like, I like Bristol. We, we like being in Newport at the moment, and i tell you why. This is our investment area. We know the area really well. We see the opportunities. We get to know people. And for, for a lot of different reasons, it just works for us. Um, going forward later, I think maybe a different city such as Bristol and maybe have properties overseas as well and spend part of the year um, overseas and then part of the year back here. I think that's what, that's what would be my... Ideal. Whoa. Okay. Wonderful. Do you know, I've been to Wales a few times, but I've never ever kind of like thought buying Wales. And I'm a wuss anyway. Anything too far away from where I live, it brings me out in hives. So, um, but no, oh, I, I, I must actually come down and visit you. There's another lady, Karen Jones that I'm, I've been threatening to come and visit. And she lives in, I think she's in, she's either in Newport or Cardiff. I can't remember, um, but we need, to, we, need to, we need to make time and make a date and I will come down and see you guys and you can show me around. So Stephanie, thank you so, so much for being so generous with your, with your shares. Now for people in the room, I know that people have been back sending me messages um, on the back channel, um, but if you've got any questions, honestly, please do raise your hand, come up and ask Stephanie directly. And um, she will, as you, as you can see, she is so, so happy to share. No doubt she will answer your questions, but don't forget as well that you can go on her free mastermind, renttorentsuccess.com. Now I've changed the link. I will change it back again, but I just wanted people to know that you can get this on um, as a podcast and it will be there, you know, forever more in a day um, from next week. And um, if you click on the link, you can see your favourite listening app and you can just, you know, go and just bookmark maximising property values and you will be able to listen to what Stephanie has been talking about and the other podcasts as well. Um, 
so it looks as if you know you've been so comprehensive stephanie no one's got any questions that haven't been answered um I, do, okay so let me ask you this um because there might be people in the audience who might you know be thinking about this but not thinking oh i can't ask that question even though you've been saying do you know even if you feel that way just go and do it just do it anyway so if somebody for instance stephanie wants to invest with you what would they have to do well at the moment we did we did use to take investors patricia but as you know you really need to develop a lot of time into those relationships and we just decided we don't want to do that at the moment so we do get people either emailing us through the website contacting me on instagram or um just messaging on social media just to see how to invest with us but at the moment we're not investing with people um and when we do have any opportunities available we will we will let people know um there's a bit on hmoheaven.co.uk there's a bit for investors and if you put your email address there we will we'll let you know but we have fabulous opportunities in wales and um the the oh gosh what's it called <laughs> the the 12 unit property that we bought in wales each unit works out to £32,000, which is, and each unit is rental income is um, £450 to £600. Um, it's £66,000 um, rental income per year on that property um, that cost us 375000 And the value of the property, well, it hasn't been valued uh, by a lender since we bought it, but we're anticipating that the value will be somewhere between 650 and 700,000. That's a property that we bought in in March 2000 and sorry 19. So it's coming up to 3 years. So it is incredible. Each area has its own unique little things. And although um and in our area you can get so much value for your money and there's so much opportunity here. Um but I know people who do both buying and investing in properties all over the country. So it is possible to do it everywhere because I know that's going to be the next question. Can you do this in London? Absolutely, you can. And you're, you're doing it in London. I can see there's many people in, in the audience today who are doing it in London. It's just slightly different strategies at different times that you use. <laughs> Excellent. So you said on HMO Heaven, there are some opportunities to actually invest with you. So I've pinned the link um, for HMO Heaven above. So it's www.hmoheaven.co.uk. So is it okay if I add the link to, it's just if they want to see, yeah. if, if people want to see the 12 unit block. Oh yes, please. Can, oh, please do. I can put a picture of that or put it, oh. Oh dear, I said that and then it hasn't copied it. But once I have it, <laughs> now just a moment, two seconds and hopefully it will work. Um, oh no, it'll yeah, be I'll so interesting to actually see that. Oh, I love property. I just, is that is that it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. wow. I've got, I've got it now. I've got wow. It now. There's a few before and afters on there just to give people, um, give people an idea. Oh, this looks amazing. Oh, oh! if people are not, because people may be listening on the podcast, and then if you go to hmoheaven.co.uk and you go to case studies, then it's the one called Stowe Hill Studios um, that's got 12 units in, and there's a few pictures from it on, on that page, before and after. So, um, so Stephanie, it... Is it a detached building, the, the cream detached building-ish that I'm yes. seeing? Or, yes, and or it's it, got... It's a handsome building, isn't it? 11 resi, and it will be once we've done the outside up, but it is a grade oh. two listed, which has caused all sorts of oh. problems. But actually, they've stripped out before we had already purchased it. There's not really any um, <laughs> <laughs> original features left, but we still have lots of hoops to... Um, to go through and it will be beautiful once we've we've done the outside we've, we've just been on a rolling refurbishment so we've got nine of the 12 units um completed 
Um, and the other three are with existing tenants who don't want to be uh, refurbished. Disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> you you always have people like that, don't they? Oh no, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't want them in my bed. I don't want them. Do you know? I went to see a property once, and the lady there. I think. Oh, it it was actually quite sad. Um, so when the when the agent um, knocked on the door, she literally just cracked it open and she said, "Go away, go away." And then um, the agent said, "You know that we've got a right to come in here." So I was looking to buy. It was a multi-unit block, um, so this was one of the flats. And in the end, she kind of like said, "Okay, all right then." Um, but I don't know these people. I don't know these people. They might want to burgle me. And um, so the agent said. No, they're not going to burgle you. They're with me. Anyways, because I went with my son. And, um, but it wasn't anything, she wasn't saying it because I'm black. She wasn't saying it like that at all. She was saying it because she was just paranoid. And because she didn't see, she didn't see us when she first cracked open the door and told the agent to kind of like go away. And then when we got into the flat, she'd literally, she'd used newspapers to tape up all the windows it was really sad she didn't want anyone in her space and you could just so you saying that you know you've got two people who've said no don't refurbish now who wouldn't want their place to be you know renewed to, to, to have like fresh paint on the walls but there are people who yeah unfortunately yeah she yeah you you really just brought that woman to mind and i'm thinking she would not let anyone refurbish that place it was one of the reasons why i didn't make an offer on it yeah well what you say brings up something else patricia which is when you're in property of course it's a business but also it is about people as well and if you said to me before before i was in the situation myself well if you bought this 12 unit property and the rent was like i think it was something like 250 per unit when it should be 450 um wouldn't you just ask the people to leave and put up the rent but then when we actually went there and you see that people have lived there for you know five ten more years they're so comfortable there they don't have a huge amount of options available to them they don't want to move and actually what we thought was for those few properties we've put the rent up a little bit to bring it closer to market rent but not all the way up because it was too big of a leap um, and we've let them stay there so we're happy that they say that if they didn't want to be refurbished but yeah it does mean that in some ways you might think of it that we don't make um, as much money as we might do but you know in life like everything else money's not the only measure you just want to feel really good about what you're doing in business and in life in general and be able to be i know pride comes before a fall but to be able to be proud of it to be able to be happy about it to um to be able to want you know to have my mum and my gran and you know my son all be part of it and not have any bits that we need to cover up because we don't feel good about it do you know, you're just so right, Stephanie, you, you really are, which is, you know, the reason with this particular woman, why I didn't actually offer on the block, because my figures really only worked at market rate. And like you say, you can see the people there and you just know that you would not have the heart to say, do you know what, on your bike, because it's their home and that's where they live. Um, and, you know, we all, we all need to kind of like just bear that in mind and, you know, so, you know, the, yeah, it, it really, there, there will always be another property. If you go somewhere and you can see, you know, people are vulnerable, don't necessarily think, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to buy that because I can make so much money from it. Walk away. Just try and walk away because there will always be something else around the corner. Um, yeah so we have literally just overrun by three minutes but it's been so fascinating stephanie i wasn't even what i wasn't even clock watching thank you so 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 much thank you so much Do you know i i very very rarely listen over to my podcasts or to podcasts that i'm in but i'm going to be listening to this once once it's all done once 
all the editing's been done once it's it's published and you know, on that note i i just really want to say thank you for doing this with me and you know for people in the room if you're not already following stephanie please tap on her face follow her scroll down to the bottom of her bio go to her instagram follow her there as well go to hmo heaven go to rent to rent success.com and you know just keep in touch you know, because you will learn amazing things from 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 stephanie and um and you know for people who've been coming to this guest series thank you so much for coming week after week it's only been going for three weeks and next week i've got spencer grant now he's a young boy but again he's doing amazing things you know, i want inspirational people on the guest series people who are doing things with limited resources and Spencer is one of those people you've heard Stephanie's story oh and also if you want to kind of like go back to listen to the previous guest series we've got Mark Lloyd I've got Malcolm Purewall and Stephanie is my third guest I've literally just started these things Stephanie remember how you were telling me how to how to get the software to do um, a guest series I honestly couldn't work it out and then when Clubhouse started this replay series, I thought, yes, now I can do a guest series. I know how to do Clubhouse. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So again, you know, people, if you think, oh, you know, Patricia sounds like she knows what she's doing. She's doing podcasts. I've been challenged doing podcasts. I didn't know how to do it with a guest on it, but now I'm doing it in a way that works for me. Whatever you're doing, make it work for you. And on that note, I'm going to say thank you so much for choosing to spend your afternoon here with Stephanie and myself. And I look forward to seeing most of you, if not all of you, uh, and some, some more people next week. So every Wednesday at 12 noon um, on Clubhouse, we have the guest series where I have a guest and they are the star. They're the star of the show. So Stephanie, thank you so much. And I'm going to end the room now. But please do share with us some closing um, words of wisdom, you know, for people in the room and for myself. And then I'll close the room. Thank you, Stephanie. Oh, thanks, Patricia. It's been amazing to join you. I, I love your voice, actually. So I might <laughs> listen to it as well just to hear it back. Um, but um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a thrill to join. And if people do want to get in touch on on Instagram, I'm at Stephanie T Property. And Patricia, as you said, you can check me out at hmoheaven.co.uk. If you're interested in getting started in property with little money using the rent to rent strategy, then that's at renttorentsuccess.com. And also because of the um, because of the transformational effects we've had from coaching, we've recently started up Blow Up Your Life which is for women over 40 who want to blow up their lives, create something new, work out what their deep desires are. And I do free Ignite Your Spark calls. And you can get that at blowupyourlife.com. Thanks, Patricia. So people, you've got all the information. Go use it. Go start doing things. things. Blow up your life. Make money. Create generational wealth and get financial freedom or otherwise just listen to us but whatever you do enjoy 